Welcome to another episode of Spirituality Podcast. Just two brothers on a journey, hoping you'll join us. I'm Simon. And I'm John. Tonight's episode is all about the stories in our head. The stories that we listen to and overwhelm us. So, Simon, I know like you, um, I'm a huge fan of Brené Brown. Um, and yeah, I watched, uh, I've watched one of her... Um, her sessions on, on YouTube a little while ago, and uh, she talked about the stories in her head. And the one that she, uh, she gave us the example is that her and her husband were out, was out swimming in a lake while they were on holiday, and she had a swimming costume on, and she felt really self-conscious about it. And um, subsequently, she was trying to connect with her husband, and he was kind of being a little bit dismissive. Um, so she turned around to him and said, hey, the story in my head is that you're seeing me in the swimming costume and you, you're not seeing me as attractive or, or, you know. And he said, that's not the case at all. I'm kind of having a panic attack. And um, mm. the minute I heard that, I was just literally blown away um, because mm. like everybody else, I have these stories in my head. And in my, my past, sometimes those stories have gone so insanely wild and I've followed them that they've been incredibly detrimental to my relationships and friendships. Um, and it's all based around something that's not even real. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's those misunderstandings that, um, that lead to that. So this evening, I just wanted us to, to just talk about it, basically, and how we've come to the point of how we can recognize it and maybe analyze it a little bit so it doesn't take control yeah, yeah. definitely and now i mean that that's something it's been so prevalent in every area of my life certainly in relationships even in um like from childhood as a skater you know when i was skateboarding i can remember that i'd have these voices in my head about oh you can't do that trick this fear element that would take over that i'd be looking at who else was skateboarding around and would be quite inhibited if there were skateboarders that were better than me or that I perceived that were better than me and the voice in my head was that you're not good enough you should be better all that should 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 terrible word should and yeah yeah we, you know we always say don't yeah. we that we want to replace should with could because could is empowered should is just that it's a, something to beat yourself with yeah. that you haven't achieved. Absolutely. You know, I should have meditated for longer. I should have done this. So, yeah, so that's one thing we're saying on this podcast tonight, guys. Make a real effort, and we are ourselves, to to change should with could. Yeah. yeah. And maybe talk to your friends about it. Get them to call you out on it or call you in, as we say, remember? Yeah. We call you yeah. in on it. So well, The, word, the yeah. word should is so shame-inducing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like, you know, there's healthy shame and there's toxic shame and should is definitely the, the toxic shame side of things. Um, fully. Yeah, terrible word. Hate it. Fully, fully. I, I think one thing that for me has really helped recently is almost framing the voices in my head in terms of exactly what they are. Like I've come up with it, a number of different um, kind of names for them. Yeah. So, um, so like you'd have your movie reel voice in your head yeah, or that's playing out stories <clears throat> or, you know, going over stories over and over again, like a conversation you had with a partner where you've argued and, and then that just kind of winds you up more or the, um, the judgmental mind. That's, that's one that's been really prevalent for yeah. me that I try to get rid of that kind of voice in your head that's just constantly judging people and it, it's all learnt behaviors it's all um conditioned thought processes yeah. and so it's about getting away from that and really oh yeah that that's my mind it's doing this yeah and the thing is with the mindfulness meditation that we talk about that's exactly what we do we we don't aim to actually completely clear our mind i believe like i said in the previous podcast that's kind of a fallacy i don't think you can no, just get this completely so. no state yeah. like that but what you can do you observe your thoughts yeah. so when you're observing oh yeah yeah that's my judgmental mind yeah. that's my move real mind or that's my negative mind you know the the way we look at ourselves when we really we put ourselves down i'm ugly i'm too tall i'm too short i'm too thin i'm too fat i'm too old too whatever all these ridiculous labels yeah. that, that just don't help and i think for me the more that you can actually do that 
like recognize these are just the thoughts in your mind it's just the egoic state it's not actually it's not our true selves it's not the real john it's not the real simon because that's way beyond body way beyond the mind all these voices that we're hearing they're all influences of other people in the past you know and we we, you know i think the technical term is the internal family system you know ifs yeah do you want to talk about that a little bit so basically um my understanding of the ifs is all the voices that you run in your head uh my therapist she calls it the committee you know Mm. and these voices will will take you know prominence in difficult times sometimes just when you're walking down the street you you hear somebody laugh there'll be a voice in your head goes they're laughing at you of course they're not you know it's just somebody having a laugh with a friend um it's kind of a huge ego thing to think that everybody's looking and laughing at you you know that in itself is really yeah yeah of course but yeah basically the internal family system is it to me is people who have influenced your life across the years that could be parents siblings teachers work colleagues friends and at times these voices will come into your head and they'll take a bit of a, a prominent space for a period of time and subsequently they then sort of have a say in what you're doing and um, as we've gone through this and we've learned to quieten down some of the voices and really focus on one, a lot of the time we can actually pinpoint that voice and who it is, you know. Um, and a mm. lot of the time it is a parent, you know. Perhaps in a, in a future podcast we'll talk about the inner child and that will really come to, mm. to terms then. But, um, but, yeah. That's like 10 podcasts. Great. Yeah, exactly. That We could make a whole series out of that one for sure. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that. To hearing these voices is the understanding that they are not real. You know, mm. um, like Eckhart Tolle says that, um, you know, your mind is a tool and it's like any other tool. When you're done using it, you should put it down. Um, however, mm. these voices would have us keep using that tool for as long as they choose. Um, yeah. And it can be so negative to us as individuals. And like you said, um, it, it impacts our relationships in such a huge way. Um, yeah. And it's only for me Fully. over the last couple of years have I understood how incredibly destructive those voices can be, you know. Mm. And they're not always a, um, a bad thing. They do serve a purpose. They are there to protect us at times and keep us safe. But sometimes we've moved on from that point and those voices are then trying to protect us from something that's not there you know so um and it's causing chaos for us um yeah definitely i think i mean i had a situation recently where i'd been i I don't want to get into details of it particularly but that i'd been told something and i ran with the story that oh i put like filled in so many blanks within the situation of what was going to happen and then in the end, it turned out that nothing was going to happen at all. But I would literally just run with a story in my head of that because someone had told me one thing was going to happen, then, oh, this would happen next, this would happen next, this would happen next, and caused my own suffering. And again, we come back to the Four Noble Truths, you know, with Buddhism, that the second noble truth is we create our own suffering. And I can't kind of hammer that home enough, really. Yeah we create our own suffering and we really do yeah like that is so obvious to me now and it's also kind of comforting mm. as well because if we create it we can also end absolutely it. yeah i mean that's the thing about the stories that our head tells us is that if we confront them then we can end it you know the the, mm. the thing that i've learned is that um i would have a story go off in my head about you know to do with my wife my partner um and because I wouldn't talk to her about it, that story would run wild, take control of my emotions and how I was feeling, and cause chaos between me and my partner. Now, yeah. understanding that that's how it works, now if I turn around and say, hey, the story in my head is telling me this, she can turn around and go, oh, no, that's not the case at all. I was just thinking about what we were going to have for tea. You know, and it's like yeah. they're, so, <laughs> they're so powerful, these stories that they would have you believing that, you know, the sky was yellow and uh, water is dry <laughs> because that's how controlling it can be. But it's it, like, like we know better. And I, that, that's one of my, my favorite sayings, actually. When you know better, you do better. 
Yeah, and so brilliant. now that we know about these voices in our head and the stories that are getting getting told, we can address them, and that gives us back the power to, yeah. to deal with it. The downside, of course, is not everybody knows about that. You know, mm. people. Yeah, you know, it's difficult if if you're if you're th- sitting there going, "I know what's going on in my head right now. I can address it," but somebody else, you know, is not, and they're struggling with it. You know. Yeah. Definitely. I think one thing I've I've been kind of reflecting on, it's been a, quite uh, prevalent for me recently, is that also owning that, you know, sometimes I just do feel shit. Yeah. Sometimes I feel annoyed. Like I've been having it recently where I live in Lyme Regis, that there's a lot of holidaymakers around yeah. and I'm trying to walk with Luna and stuff. And there's people that just are blocking your way. And my voice straight away is, fucking holiday makers go home <laughs> yeah. and then you take a step back and it's like well i don't own lime regis i live in a beautiful place why wouldn't someone else want to share Not that sure but my initial is a little bit of annoyance and anger and so it's almost turning towards that because we have that masculine that kind of aggressive nature within us now it doesn't mean i'm going to punch them it doesn't mean i'm going to be aggressive to my daughter and get pissed off about it but you can still own it you know let it breathe and then let it leave yeah and so, yeah, I've, I've really been aware of that, that it's still, you know, you can meditate as much as you want, but you're still going to get annoyed. Oh, for sure. And owning yeah. that and accepting that is yeah. so important. It's just, yeah, okay, this is how I feel. They've cut me up or I can't park my car because of whatever, but it just happens. And then you also kind of look at the other factors, you know, did I sleep that well last night or am I hungry? Yeah. You know, as my mood dip, my blood sugar's down or whatever. And when you take all of those factors into account with acceptance, then you can just move through it. Because to me, like suppressing it is no good either. Oh, no, no, no. You've actually got all of the emotions we have to move through and accept the light with the dark, as we've said before. And and there's, like, this term I use all the time, this shall pass. You know, Mm. good emotion, bad emotion, good, good weather, bad weather, it passes. You know, and accepting that is a big part of it. I think um, I think you, you 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 hit something there that really struck a nerve with me was if I'm tired, if I'm tired, yeah. I feel like those voices and those stories are a lot stronger than when I'm feeling like yeah. relaxed and refreshed, um, and, and that in itself is, is is something to be aware of. You know, I like you yeah. know, if I'm tired or, or or you know had a long day at work, then I'm definitely more likely to have that struggle with that overwhelming story in my head you know yeah that would be more, more difficult. I, it's being compassionate with it isn't yeah. it you know i do my best to always be present with my little girl you know she's well with my older kids as well but with a three-year-old it's it's kind of harder yeah you know because they're demanding of your energy your time your attention constantly so you know, every now and then I will snap her to a little bit. And because it's so infrequent, she really struggles when I do. Yeah. And that's the point when I just own it with her, you know, look, I'm sorry, Luna, it's not about you. I'm tired, you know, I'm this, I'm that. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. you know, and that she understands that I'm not perfect and I'm going to move through these emotions. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just happens, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, We're course. not perfect yeah. at all. And, I'm never going to be. I don't think we'd want to be, though. That's the reality. I mean... Perfection to me sounds like it's pretty horrific, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think um, when we accept who we are, faults and everything, and the negative side of who we are as well, it makes us so much more interesting. You know, I think we might have covered it very briefly uh, in the past with um, when we talked about the shadow. You know, there's Mm. a lot of things that we hide away in our shadow, but one of the biggest things in our shadow is our creativity. You know, so yeah. if we were perfect, we wouldn't have that creativity. We wouldn't have that that sort of acceptance of the negative to bring that forward, you know? Yeah, it's true. It comes to my mind as well. One thing that Buddha said that, you know, when he'd been under the Bodhi tree and he was enlightened, that then very next day when he, when he achieved enlightenment, you know, the Nirvana was that um, Mora, the devil or what we perceive, it was, you know, it was described as the devil, but we really perceive it certainly within Western Buddhism as the ego still came in and still visited him and said, you know, you want sex, you want, you have these cravings. And 
so it didn't disappear. The only thing that had disappeared was his attachment to those things. Yeah. So they were all still there. You know, he, he just didn't suffer. Yeah. He still had pain, you know, as he was older, he had a lot of different pain and stuff, but there was no suffering. So the suffering had dissipated, yeah. <clears throat> but not the temptations, not all those other things. So and, it's really this idea of perfection, as you said, it just, it's not no. there. I mean, the thing about it is I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm, I'm not experiencing those voices and those stories in my head. Cause I do, I still get them every day. All it is is I've learned now to to narrow it down and hear it a little clearer so I don't react mm. on it. Um, but like I said, if I'm tired and feeling a little emotional or worn out or just under the weather in general, then that voice comes strongly. I may act on it, you know. But it's the sense of then going afterwards and saying, shouldn't have done that, you know, wasn't based on fact, wasn't based on, you know, legitimate uh, – thought process it was or or we could could have done something exactly different. yeah thank you yeah yeah could have done something <laughs> but no toxic shaming yeah. there yeah it just just being the mirror for you brother. thank you i appreciate it but yeah so i mean one thing i've noticed you know we did talk in our first podcast quite a bit about this is the the way that your relationship with your beautiful wife sarah has changed yeah. and how that has really been the reframing that that has been kind of the, the catalyst for everything in your Absolutely, life. Absolutely, yeah. Because each of you have done the work. So yeah. with the voices in your head, you have managed to, I mean, you alluded to it earlier, yeah. but you've managed to actually kind of change that because you're open and vulnerable yeah. in your conversations. It's, it's, Is that yeah. right? It's, I mean, it's basically having those conversations. Just like you, you hit the nail on the head, being vulnerable. When you're hearing that that, mm. that, that noise in your in your mind and – if you if you go with it, you, it, chaos will ensue. But if you turn around to your, you know, to whoever it is that you need to talk to and be vulnerable and lay it out and go, hey, the story in my head is telling me, you know, that you that you don't love me anymore. And they turn around yeah. to you and say, that's not the case at all. I'm really sorry you feel like that, but I've just got a lot on my mind with work or the children or whatever. Instantly, you're put at ease and. By being vulnerable and opening up, that's allowed your partner or the other person to be vulnerable, you know, and open up as well. And it, it's it's yeah. a huge, it's a scary risk to take to be that first to take that first step of vulnerability. Um, but with it comes such huge rewards. Um, yeah. and, and I, I. I I would be the first person to say that, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful that I've learned this now. I wish I'd learned it earlier, you know, um, but mm. uh, I firmly believe you've got to go through everything to get where you are now, you know, yeah, and, and there, there has to be pain to have, to have joy. And uh, truth be told, you never learn anything through a good time, do you? You no, no, not. you certainly don't learn who your friends are in the good absolutely times. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and yeah, but yeah, that vulnerability I've, I've is the key. It, it is. I, I would say it's the key to probably most friendships and relationships. You know. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to touch a little bit on toxic masculinity Please in a do. minute, but I just wanted to kind of go back to one of the things you said that, and you did mention before also about the inner child. Mm -hmm. And we will cover that at another time. But just what you said, that you don't love me anymore, that is really the crux of everything. Absolutely. This inner child within all of us that just wants to be accepted, acknowledged, loved, and to feel yeah, safe. Validated. You know, those and, things. Yeah. yeah, they're so fundamental. And for most of us, we didn't have that as children no. or, or certain elements. And that's not putting parents down. No, not down, at all. Not at all. But it's just... You know, everyone works at their own level of consciousness and yeah. stuff. And so if there's something that was missing within those early relationships, it just so impacts yeah. later and, yeah. you know, the whole thing of trauma. I mean, uh, but yeah, like it's, it, it's sorry, go I was going to say one of one of the, we all carry all these traumas with us and they're all, they're all mm, relevant and they're impacting us. And to think that somebody doesn't love or care for us is a huge trauma. And we will probably all of us have something along those lines. Because at one point or another, when we were little as children, we've probably done something a little naughty, and mum and dad's had a go at us, and you know we've thought that they didn't love us, you know. 
because traumas yeah. don't have been shamed yeah. in some and way. traumas don't have to be great big things they can be really little small things um mm. and I, I i said it in a in a previous podcast that um that seeing somebody's trauma is a love language and mm. um i really believe that i think that's a huge huge one to be honest i think it's a big big deal to see your see your loved one's trauma and and meet them where they're at you know even through Definitely. with friendships as well it doesn't have to be a um you know an intimate you know relationship like a marriage or anything like that it's between two friends like you and i and you and i have just yeah. discussed these things numerous times um yeah and, and, Definitely. and i think it's huge big deal you know i think that leads us on nicely really to what you know talking about toxic masculinity and this is why we started the men's circle yeah. that we really need to and in my opinion and i know it's your opinion as well reframe what masculinity means Absolutely. you know within this 21st century because we're in i mean just i'm sure everyone knows it anyway but just to um to kind of can you encapsulate what you would say toxic masculinity is and i'll add a little um, bit yeah i suppose for me toxic masculinity really comes down to not being aware of your own emotion and then belittling somebody for having emotion um yeah that's the best way i can kind of sum it up there's obviously a lot more to it but for me that would be be the main main area um yeah. to, to to i think you know, to have your emotion and to to validate that emotion is so vital to a healthy life you know yeah i think you know and i've said this before but the whole game is rigged society yeah. is rigged that you know, men are taught from a very early age that you've got to be stiff upper lip. Yes. You've got to be a manly man. You can't own your emotions. You can't step into your feminine. You can't actually show any kind of weakness or vulnerability. And so, you know, as we've said before, suicide is so prevalent for men because they don't have an outlet. You no, know, for, not for the at most all. part, women will talk. Yeah. Women will be vulnerable. But we're we're actually shamed for that, well, and it's part you know the whole bants, the banter kind uh, of societal yeah. thing with men. It's just so yeah. demeaning and so detrimental to men's mental health, yeah. and so that's why we're striving against it and really working towards the unification of the masculine and the feminine, yeah. but within us because those are all prevalent. They're all actually part of us, but we're only really taught for the most part to honor the masculine mm. and to have any element of the, the feminine is seen as a negative, yeah. but it, it is definitely part of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and it goes, goes by the ways for women as well, obviously. Um, but but I, I, I look at it like this and think that um, when, if you call a man weak, he's incredibly insulted. It's like the, mm. the worst thing you could say to a man is say, Oh, you're weak. Um, and that, that would be like, fucking what? You know, shoulders would come out and they'd be, you know, effing and blinded. But the reality is to cry in front of somebody doesn't show you weak. It shows you feeling your emotion, you know. Um, mm. When my father passed away, I wept, you know. I, I, of course. Yeah, and, and, and I still do occasionally when I, when I talk about it. It's still upsetting and painful. Um, and I don't find any shame in it and I don't see it as being weak. I actually see it as being really strong. The fact that I can have an emotion, feel it, and embrace it is anything but weak. For somebody that's yeah. burying their emotion and avoiding it, that to me sounds a little weak. You know, be yeah. because to avoid something is, you know, is to run away from it, you know? I think the thing is that these labels are just, they're kind of, they're pointless. You know, labeling is, you know, the, the, just all it does is pigeonhole. Yeah. You know, you're weak, you're strong, you're handsome, you're ugly. All of these things, they're just labels. You're old, you're young. Like, you know, so what? It doesn't help us. It's actually just about honoring all of our emotions and accepting them. Absolutely. And, and it's for us as men to model that. We model it with our children, yeah. with our boys and, and our girls, yeah. because it's just as important. You know, we want to raise strong, independent females that don't believe 
that their role in life is to be subservient absolutely to men, not. or that no. they need men to save them because bullshit yeah, absolutely not. you know bullshit let's call yeah. that as as what it is let's call out all the disney flipping cartoons or most of them mm. all power to moana and um, frozen because <laughs> yeah. men don't save them yeah. i suppose maui does a little bit in moana but anyway she still does all the hard <laughs> work you know yeah she well <laughs> how much is that represented in <laughs> yeah. life for centuries yeah for sure but yeah so you know it, it's a it's actually about breaking down all the gender stereotypes Absolutely. and just the and this is why you know we have the mixed circle as well it's the unification of the male and the female and actually because the the genders have been so polarized recently and women have started to kind of own their power you know the divine feminine the femininity is so powerful yeah. and i believe it's what can unify this world and women have been suppressed by religion etc well if you look at centuries yeah, if you look at the the you know with the current covid crisis if you look at the countries that have handled it really well all the leaders are women yeah, yeah, of course. And it's and it <clears throat> it really is about us us coming together, you know, may, men and women together. Yeah. And yeah, no pun intended there at all. Well there's there's a really good good quote, isn't there? Um I can't think of the lady's name, um, but it's she says there's only one race, the human race. Mm. You know, there's no define of colour, sex or religion involved, it's just the human race, you know. So uh, it's it's beautiful and it's the truth. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I really feel strongly about the whole toxic masculinity thing, mm. and obviously that's why we are working hard within yeah. when we do the the retreats yeah. and within the the men's circle and the mixed circle that that we really look to break that down. And you know, we found it, haven't we, within the men's yeah. circle that yeah. everyone is so open and so vulnerable and honest. And from the very first meeting we had. What was it last November? Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Was one of the, the members of the group. Like, yeah, it's nearly a year. It's, it's mad that it's happened so fast. Yeah. But that straight away, the one member when it were, when we did the sharing circle, we you know we did a bit of meditation, yeah, yeah. we did some dharma, and then he just opened up straight away, and he set the tone for the whole of that meeting and the subsequent meetings. I was going to say, yeah. To be honest, the tone has been like that from the, the minute he opened his mouth to where we are now. Yeah. So and, uh, that's yeah. pretty impressive. And he knows who he is, and I'm sure you're listening. Yeah, yeah. And we've got nothing but love for you, brother. Absolutely. And I think you know so. we, when we did the first retreat as well, we saw that again. People, you know, mm. like it, for the, for that time, it was the first time we'd all met in in a room together. And yeah, yeah, the, yeah, it was. yeah and, and the energy was pretty pretty solid and pretty beautiful. And um, by the end of the day, how we'd all come together, I think, was just kind of breathtaking. You know, yeah. it's something that I, I can think about it all the time. You know, and as we move forward, oh, hugely yeah. powerful. And as we move forward and do do, do more retreats, I'm, I you know, hope for a similar dynamic. But you know, that one will always be something exceptional to me. Yeah, it really yeah. was. I think the the beauty of it as well, and to, just to kind of clarify for for people that are listening, that we're not all the same. You know, we are different walks of life. Um, ranging in that people in their early 20s to uh well my son actually was yeah. there so we had a 15 year old as part of it yeah. no 16 he was just 16 so ranging from 16 to nearly 50 yeah. so all different jobs all different kind of socio-economic backgrounds it's not like just a privileged middle class thing absolutely not this is about no. all encompassing for everyone all different jobs life experiences and um everyone's story everyone's participation is equally as important mm. as there's no hierarchical element yeah. to it at all we all learn from one another yeah. and the, the key is is the, just the word that you used before when you described your relationship with Sarah, but also all relationships it's that vulnerability yeah. and that honesty yeah i think and that actually i was going to say i think that the only thing that we all carry in common is we're all human and we've yeah. all got our own trauma. You yeah. Know? Yeah, definitely. And we're all just trying to find peace from it. And as far as the group goes, and I think th this is the most important thing for anyone who's struggling a little bit, you know, in their life with, you know, this episode is talking about the voices in your head and we've kind of gone on around and talked about trauma and stuff. Yeah. But the, the biggest, biggest thing that you can do 
is start to take ownership for yourself. Absolutely. As soon as we we go from blaming others and and looking externally for validation, looking externally for this is why things have happened, and we look inwards at ourselves. Yeah. Obviously, p- people will shame you. People maybe will do things that are unskillful acts towards you. But we have to. You always say, "Don't you the fault and responsibility?" Absolutely. Yeah. And we've yeah. said that before. But it's our responsibility how we deal with things. Absolutely. And so that's absolutely key yeah. that once we start to look inwards and stop projecting outwards, then we find a modicum of peace. Absolutely. And, you and know, that's been, that was a eureka moment for yeah. me oh, a few years absolutely. back. For me, it was accountability. The minute you hold yourself accountable, you, you're straight away on a healing path because yeah. you're owning your shit. You know, mm. and and the greatest thing about it is the minute you do that, nobody has any power over you with it. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should. That's going to be a, a new um, hashtag for yeah. us. Own your shit. Own your shit. Yeah, okay? you yeah. heard it here. I'm sure it's been used before, yeah. but yeah, own your shit <laughs> and support your homies. <laughs> <laughs> Always, yeah. definitely. So yeah, you know, in terms of you and breaking down toxic masculinity. How do you find it? Because, you know, we did, we, we talked in our first podcast yeah. about calling people in. Like, as a barber, I quite often have the opportunity to call people yeah. in. Um, you know, with your job, do you find that that's something that you can do, that you can find a way of framing things for people, you, that just you you act as their mirror to, like, do you know what, um, maybe that was a little bit sexist or maybe, you know, yeah. that, that's not appropriate. I think I think it's, you've, you've got to... You've got to be vocal, you know. It's not enough to to jump on Instagram or Facebook and go, "I'm really cross about this behaviour today that I saw." It's it's in the moment saying, "Hey, that's not okay," you know. And yeah. and we are all within the position to do that, you know. I mean, uh, don't put yourself at risk. Obviously, if somebody might be aggressive, but yeah, um, of course. But yeah, but but you know, we should be calling people on on this shit. Um, I, 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 a couple of years ago, I went to see, um, Henry Rollins do a spoken word show. Nice. Um, and it was, this will be ooh, 2016, I guess. So five years ago. Um, and, uh, he talked about Trump at the time and he, he kind of made it, I don't know if you've heard Henry talk, but he has a great sense of humor and he kind of talked yeah, about having the, uh, the racist grandfather, um, Mm. And you know, we we kind of make excuses for people. Oh, it's of their era. Oh, you know, they're old. Or oh, they don't know any better. Well, that's still not okay because things don't change unless you address it. It's still you mm. know, if you hear your granddad spouting on about a racist something racist, then address it. You know, yeah. he may not agree with you, and he's entitled to his opinion, um, but. You still got to address it. It's that whole thing, isn't it? Really, of like silence is compliance. Absolutely, yeah, you know, and yeah, absolutely. I feel that so strongly. Yeah. Like I'll say within my shop now, you know, I'm I'm really lucky that most of my clients they're really really cool, yeah. but all of them really they're great people, and and you can honour them and meet them where they are, you know, meet them where they're at. But if someone is kind of saying something demeaning to a woman, then I will call them in on yeah. it. In a nice way, I'm never aggressive to anyone. Um, even um, the Grockles in Lyme Regis, yeah. Grockles for people that don't know, the holiday makers, <laughs> yeah. Even the holiday makers, I'm never aggressive with. But um, yeah, but I will. Uh, whereas maybe a few years ago, I'd have just stayed silent and gone quiet. I, yeah, yeah, I'll say something now because we have to just in honoring our sisters if it's something you know oh, look, or something racist honoring or ourselves homophobic you know it's yeah like if you're if if somebody says something and it doesn't sit right with you then you're gonna and you leave it you're gonna go home and it's gonna sit in your mind and that will become a story in your head i yeah. should have done this i should have done I that should've, I should've, should've, exactly, should've, should've, yeah <laughs> and it's like the reality is that you know we we we're, we, we have our authentic self and we need to honor that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned something earlier on. We, you know, we have to love ourselves. We have to hold ourselves accountable and all these things. We have to honor our belief structure, you know. 
Yeah. And if you feel that being derogatory towards, um, uh, you know, a fellow human being who happens to be female, then voice it, you know, yeah, you'll feel better for doing it. You know, you really will. And, and once again, it'll, it'll calm those voices in your head and the stories will settle a little bit, you know, it actually, it's kind of also understanding who your authentic self is. Oh, for sure. Because when we talk about the stories in the head, we also have this, I, I did a post on it on the, um, the Dharma Punks page recently about authentic self and, and all of like the stories tell us who we are. So, you know, am I like Simon? Am I bones? Yeah. Am I a barber? Am I a skater? Am I a surfer? Am I spiritual? Am I this? Am I that? The other, you know, do my tattoos define me? How am I projecting myself to others? How do I want to be perceived? But none of those outward projections are my authentic self. Obviously, you know, I like the way I look and I'm aware of that. I'm aware of my body and I, I try and keep healthy and stuff. But if that's all that I am, then I will never know peace because it's what's inside me that needs to come out more that needs to actually be be seen you know because that's one thing that's always been important and i know that again comes down to kind of childhood trauma and the inner child yeah. stuff but to actually be seen so if i don't feel honored by the people around me and being seen yes that's on me of course but that's something that i struggle with and i completely own yeah. that that you know I, I try hard to be the best version of myself every day and it, it's not listening to those stories that telling me that I'm not. Absolutely. Because really the only person I need to measure up to is me, yeah. you well, know, to, but in a compassionate yeah. way. I, I mean, we're enough. As individuals, we're enough. We really don't need yeah. validation or approval from anybody other than ourselves. We are enough mm. to give us enough love that we need. We're enough, um, you know, to, to, to be who we want to be. We don't need, like say, validation or approval. Um, as children, we sought that from our parents and our teachers and siblings, something chronic, um, and we carry that with us into our adulthood. Um, it's the minute you get to the point where I'm, you know, with all my faults, with all my negative aspects, I'm still worthy of my love, then I don't need anybody else's, you know, mm. and if I get it. I think we can own it. Yeah. tough though, oh, as well. Absolutely. I think that's just it's, it's, it's an a, ongoing a good distinction battle. to make. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, the other thing is, there's um, a wonderful book that Sarah and I uh, we were listening to on audio book called uh, "The Five Attachments." Right, and it's, is that about attachment styles? <laughs> no, it's completely different. Um, it's I'll I'll tell you what I'll, I'll we'll have to post the the details underneath the the podcast or something because I don't have them on me right now. But basically it's the guy who wrote it is the son of the man who wrote the four agreements. Um, And it's really, really interesting. But basically he talks about the attachments as being things that we are attached to. So um, you mentioned it there, like tattoos, uh, hot rods, yeah. uh, you know, and because we get so attached to those things, it starts to define who we are, and we can't see alternative ways of looking at things. Um, it's really fascinating stuff. So I will get the details, and we'll we'll post it with the with the podcast for anybody who's interested. But um, yeah, but yeah, they're, they're, there's these attachments. They start to define who we are, and it's it's really not. You know, we are mm-hmm. we are at our very core. Uh, you know, a spiritual, soulful human being. Um, yeah, well, we are. We're, we're all connected to source, yeah, yeah. The, the oneness yeah. that Tolle talks yeah. about. It's really interesting because uh, one of the voices in my head that, uh, that's been so strong recently has been that I've just taken up slacklining. Yeah. I went to a, a festival. Uh, it was a beautiful gathering called All About Love. Uh, about three or four weeks mm. ago and they had a slack line there and I had a few goes and I loved it for anyone that doesn't know the slack line it's like walking the tightrope but it's got a bit of give in it and it's incredibly difficult and it's been so humbling to be rubbish at something you know to be an absolute beginning mm. a beginner sorry at something and so I bought one and there just happens to be these two trees in a really public place in Lyme Regis and so I've been going and I've been setting it up. And because the weather's been so great recently, a load of people look. And so the story in my head is that they're going to say, this dude's shit because I'm a beginner yeah. at it. 
and I've set it up and I've got my own. And it's almost like it, there's a grandstand finale and then I get up and fall off. <laughs> it's like, so the story in my head is going wild. I was like, oh man. And then, but when you quieten it and it's hugely humbling to be a beginner at something. Oh yeah. Because society always dictates that we have to be great. Mm. You know, like there's no like medal for second place yeah. or whatever, you know, second place may as well be <laughs> last and all this. Yeah. But it's like, actually the process is what's beautiful at it. And if I was great on Slackline already, then there's actually very little room for improvement. Yeah. You know, if I was amazing at it, then I'd just walk to the end, walk back, walk to the end, walk back. Now, at the moment, I can't. I did, I've walked the whole length of a shorter one when we were at that gathering, we were all about love. But since then, it's the trees are much further apart. And so there's quite a bit of slack. Yeah. And if you don't get it right, you can actually touch the floor. It, it, it sinks down that much. So that's an incredible amount of slack. And it's really, really difficult. But there's actually such beauty to that. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying observing my thoughts. And that's, again, what I talk about. This ability, this the thing, it's not even, yes, it's an ability, but this training. You know, it's not like I can just, oh, yeah. I observe my thoughts and they don't affect me. Of course they do. But I'm training my mind yeah. in the same way you train your muscles and the same way you train anything. Absolutely. That I am training my mind to not be always in my own head, to get out of my head and into my body. And so that the slack line, I'm actually really pleased that I'm not brilliant at it, even though it causes me a modicum of discomfort when there's loads of people watching me, expecting me to be a certain way, or the story in my head is that they expect me to be a certain yeah. way. As it happens, what it does is, and this is such a beautiful thing, is it draws people in. So they come and talk to me and their kids will have a go. And they're like a few people that have been really brave. Oh, can I have a go? Can I have a go? And then when they have a go, they're like, man, this is so difficult. And then, you know, like my, my children have had a go and Kai is actually really good at it. You know, he's like got natural balance. And yeah, it's just, it's beautiful to be able to observe these things and actually just be like, Oh yeah, mm. that's the way I'm feeling, but that's not me. That's not the me at all. Yeah. That's just the voice in my head. Absolutely. So yeah, and I'm enjoying that process. I really am. And well, yeah, that kind of sounds it's, it's like um, the old saying: "It's not the destination; it's the journey." Yeah, you know, like yeah, definitely. And, and that's kind of with any, anything, really. I guess. I mean, it, you're right. It, when you're starting something new, it, it is very humbling because. It's like starting a new job, isn't it? First day on a new mm. job, you feel you're petrified, you're nervous, you know, because you don't know anything, you don't know anybody, and that's incredibly humbling. Um, and and if you're there to you know take on a leadership role, and you're having to ask, you know, like uh, subordinates how to do something, how humbling is that? You yeah. know, yeah, we need Absolutely. it. We need humility yeah. in our yeah. lives, and it brings you down with a thump, you know. You know, it's, it's, think, yeah. <laughs> in parenting, you get that, don't you? Oh, so absolutely, much. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. I was, I was yeah, just it, thinking it's that. Hugely yeah. humbling. I think nobody's more honest than a child, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, the number of times that like, I have a love hate relationship with my mobile phone yeah. and I get drawn in and I've kind of justified it in my head because I do a lot of Instagram time, but I'm putting out good messages. Yeah. I don't really go on my personal profiles. But, Luna, my three-year-old, she'll fully like call me out, but like, off your phone, Daddy, so I can jump on you and give you a hug. <laughs> it's like, how can you say no to no, that? No, of course not. It's like, you know, th there's such beauty in it, but it's so easy to get drawn into these um, perceived relationships that you have online. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, you do talk to your friends, yeah. but I waste a lot of time, and it's, you know, I'm kind to myself about yeah. it. And I've got an awareness, but still I feel like, yeah, I, I could, remember, not should, but I could be doing other things. And um, and interestingly, like, you know, when I go out surfing, when I'm on the slack line, the phone is the last thing on my mind because, again, it's that mindfulness that yeah. you are fully immersed in what you're doing. And, well, yeah. and so I've really enjoyed that. And getting my kids to do it as well and and seeing the, the little incremental um, improvements. So. If, there any, if there's anyone out there listening that can do some slackline, I'd love to hear from you. So hit us up on um, the, the Dharma Punks page or the New Savages page and show us how it's done. I kind of started a little group. I called it, I'm really proud of this, so <laughs> I'm going to like own it and tell everyone. So um, 
it's slack lime punks <laughs> with an x so yeah so slack lime i'm really i'm proud of it it's, it's, it was a good um, play of words it's the only clever thing i've ever said <laughs> yeah. yeah so um yeah and anyone who wants to join in there we, we meet on a weekly basis and it's again creating sangha creating community mm -hmm. so we've got these things that are going on that you know they're 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 actually all relational yeah absolutely everything that yeah. we're on about is relational yeah. it's about creating community creating the song creating this spiritual yeah. um, kind of hub of people i think like going back to the the phone thing there for a very brief moment one of the greatest things about modern technology is you can create a community with people globally with the fact that you've got this mm. device and and when it's used properly it can help you tremendously um you know, but at the same time, it can be pretty damaging. So it's yeah. Know, well, sometimes I mean, we look look at our podcast with Noah. Yeah, hey, yeah. That you know, yeah. like eight hours behind yeah. in Venice Beach, California. We're not jealous of that <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> now we got Lime reviews yeah. and we got up north. Yeah. I think the and it, the thing is about it is is like it's a, it's a phenomenal piece of thing. Even right now, when you and I are talking, we're two hundred miles apart. You know, yeah. well, we can see each other while we're talking, and that's pretty fucking cool. You know, yeah, and, it's, it's about owning the things that work, yeah. but not just being defined by it. So yeah. that's all that we are. And, and if anybody you know that is listening that would like to um, get involved with uh, the Dharma Group, um, then reach out because we do we do meet online as well as in person. Um, and there's yeah, a, both for the mixed yeah. circle and the men's yeah. circle and we will continue to do that obviously there is it's not a, a, an amazing substitute for the the actual personal interaction no. from the ability to see to touch to hug but it's the next best absolutely. thing absolutely you know we've had lockdowns and there's talk again that there might yeah. be another one and who flipping knows well, but we've weathered them we're all, gonna yeah. stay connected yeah. yeah and we will always yeah. stay connected and as long as there's the calling for it then we will do these things yeah. so yeah i mean the other thing is if, if, if you're interested in any of the retreats as well then just uh get at us on 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 instagram um yeah, do you want to talk about the next retreat um yes yeah, so i'm in the midst of planning it now um this retreat will be mixed um we've still yeah. we, you know um it's 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 a it's only for the one day um it's an inner child retreat um it's for me, the inner child work is key. That's the, the the jumping off point, I think, for a lot of people that will really make some huge changes. And uh, the guys that were at the last one have all, all sort of said that from the minute they left, they felt change within their lives, which is, is, mm. is very, 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 very good. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a day-long retreat. We, we have some, some great sharing some meditation, um, some Tai Chi or yoga, um, and some surprises as well towards the end, which I know everybody really enjoys. I don't want to give it away. Um, no, no, we love surprises. Yeah, don't but we? it's, it's, it, everyone loves surprises. Yeah, of course they do. It's empowering. I think the thing, yeah, yeah, definitely. The thing is with the inner child work as well is that it's the catalyst for change. Absolutely. And then, you continue to do the work with yeah. it. It opens doorways or whatever yeah, yeah. pathways you, you, to then really reflect and then yeah. you continue to do the work. That that in child it, work it, is it, to me is key. Um, I yeah, think and kind of lifelong. I, I think, absolutely, as well from yeah. You get into it allows it. you to see things so clearly, um, and you'll find yourself to have so much more compassion towards your parents, towards your siblings, towards your loved ones partners your own children if you have them um it, it's a huge change um yeah. it's, it's a monstrous shift in your emotions um i think the thing for me with the inner child work is that with your own children if, if obviously if you've got them that <clears throat> you're so aware <coughs> excuse me of the impact that you're having absolutely and and what the long-term ramifications will be mm. or could be yeah so because for me a lot of it's about that you know allowing your children to own their emotions to not ever unvalidate them you know yeah. you're not hungry you're not scared oh, yeah. you're not you're, yeah. you're, you're not, not tired hurt. you're not this shit. yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like all you're doing 
all I was doing, I did it with my kids. Yeah, loads. I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Is actually teaching them t- that their emotions aren't valid. Yes. That what they feel, they need to question. Yes. And so they then grow up with that, and that's scary. Oh, it's it's you yeah, know? it's bad news to be honest. It's also empowering yeah. to know that we have the ability to to change yeah. it. And, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And the biggest thing for me as well always is that you, it's what you model. Yeah. It's not what you say. It's what you model. You can say what you want to your kids. You know, don't shout, don't do this, don't do that, don't do whatever, don't mm. swear. And then, if you're going to do those things, then that's what they're actually going to take notice oh, of. Sure. And kids are like sponges, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Sign of some adults who are like sponges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think like we we could probably and we probably will do an, another podcast just on the inner child. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think I, I think you said that. Didn't you? You yeah, said, that one we could. Yeah, that's a huge one, eh? Yeah, yeah. we're gonna definitely and and we'll bring in resources because yeah. there's so much good stuff Absolutely, out there. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and for anyone for the start, just go to Holistic Psychologist yeah, online. Absolutely good start. She's amazing. Yeah, if, if you're on Insta, or, yeah. I mean, she's got everything. She's got yeah, podcast, she's uh, YouTube, on podcast, Spotify, yeah, self self healers. They yeah. call it, don't they? and she's her book is out now as well, which is phenomenal. So she's a really good. Yeah, speaker. you've read that. Yeah, you? yeah, it's a great read. Yeah, yeah. sweet. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, well, that's good stuff, yeah. man. I think we're pretty much ready to wrap I up think so, another yeah. episode of spirituality. Um, I'd like to do our little prayer to end. Sure. But yeah, thank you. So we've had such great feedback with the podcast so far, yeah. and it, it's lovely to hear from you guys. And um, yeah, thank you. And so many people are. I can't wait for the next. Can't wait for the next. We're going to do a drop every couple of weeks. Yeah. We. You know, we, we're getting ahead with them. We've got a little bank. But, yeah, so keep on this journey yeah. with us if it works for you. And um, we we really value each and every one of yeah. you. So and, thank you. And, um, and like I said, if you, if you yeah. want any information, um, we, we're, we're, on, we're on Instagram. So jump at us and, and reach out. And we're more than happy to have a chat. Um, but we'd love to, to, to see more of you and, and talk with you if you're about. Yeah, definitely. Okay, may any goodness that comes from our practice be shared outwards in all directions and together may we create a positive change on this planet. Kia kaha. Kia kaha. Take care, guys.